you. You go ahead and slip your hand up. They'll bring that to you if you don't have it already. Starting in verse 1. Reading from the New King James. Are you ready? On your marks. Get set. Here we go. In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from Rephidim and come to the wilderness of Sinai. They camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. Verse 3, And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, quote, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people and all, and all the earth, for all the earth is mine. Verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came, called for the elders of the people, and laid before them all these words which the Lord had commanded them. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would be so gracious to release your power, your anointing, your unction upon this service, even as you did on the first service, now in the second. Come in power and anointing. Lord, we don't need just another lecture. We don't need just teaching. We need a download. We need impartation and revelation from your word. Come on, ask God to speak to you today. Ask God to speak to you. If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, go ahead and do it. We thank you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Let me ask you this morning and those that are online, those that will tune in by podcast, what are you doing here? What are you doing? You say, well, I'm going to church. I'm glad. I am. We're we're glad you're at church. I'm glad we've gone to two services. You've come to honor God. You've come to hear the Word. Amen. Hopefully not just be a hearer, but be a, a doer of the Word. And you're here. Maybe maybe your wife twisted your arm to come, so that's why you're here. But that's not the real question. What are you doing here? Let me go deeper. What is the purpose that you have for your life? I want to preach on purpose. Our purpose, it's entitled. If you look at the text here, God told Moses at the burning bush, that when you brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Before God ever delivered His people from the house of bondage from Egypt, He declares that they would come and worship. And the people of Israel are here. They might think it's a pit stop. But it's not a pit stop. It's actually the reason that God brought them out of Egypt. One of the main reasons. Moses, if you look at your notes, is called by God to be a spokesman to the people. He's called to be God's spokesman. And in verse 4, God declares what He's done for them, that He delivered them. Verse 4 reads, You've seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to Myself. Then God challenges them to obey. He says, if. Everybody say, if. If If is a big word. It says, if you obey me, then. It's the if-then cause. In other words, it's conditional. 
If you obey, then you'll be my treasured possession. You'll be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. It's this tremendous promise that's conditional. The promises of God are yes and amen. And by the way, they are the basis by which we pray. We pray standing on the promises of God. But we've got to do our part. God won't do your part and you can't do His. It's conditional. So He says, if. God challenges them to obey. He gives them a choice. Amazing. He delivers them out of the house of bondage. Delivers them from the yoke of the oppressor. And then says, if you obey, you'll be my treasured possession over all the people of the earth. Now this is talking to Israel specifically. But we can, we can grab hold of the promise as New Testament believers. But Israel's not been replaced by the church. I just want to go ahead and say that. Because there is a thing called replacement theology. It's, it's, it's an error. Israel has, has promises. God is, God, Israel is still God's chosen people. And when we say Israel, I might get in trouble because I've been studying for hours and hours. Every night I'm going back to school, going back to, going back to university, and I'm taking a, a course on the theology, the biblical theology of Israel. So you might find it leaking into my preaching. I can't help myself. I'm being blown away. The Lord rebuked me and said, you've been ignorant too long, son. It's time for you to study now and understand about Israel and your role in it. And when he said your role, I think he really meant my my role, our role as a church. It's going to take a phenomenal church, a supernatural church that wins Israel. It really is. And when I say Israel, I don't mean the nation as in the government. It's corrupt I mean, there's sin in the government of Israel just like there is in America. I mean, they, they, I'm in trouble. I'm off my notes, but I don't have to worry about a third service yet. Maybe next week. I don't know. We'll see. If you join the army, women are allowed. They get sanctioned by the state. They can get two abortions if you're a part of the army in Israel. So they're not some holy, holy people there. But God is a promise. Of course, there are holy people, people that are holy, loving God and believe in Messiah. But there's a nation of Israel, the descendants of Jacob. God has a promise for them. And He's called them. And He's called them His treasured possession, His chosen people, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests, if, if they obey. And the same is true for us. God's blessing. If you look at three, God shows that the If we obey, He shows the blessing that we will receive. The fulfilling of His purpose for them. And in the fulfilling of Israel's purpose, as we read here in the text, because we're grafted in as a Gentile church, and I'm mindful that there are Jews here today that are believing in Messiah, Yeshua, but because He's grafted us in, it is really our purpose also. There are so many people that are aimless in their life. They don't know why they're breathing. They don't know why they're alive. I want to talk to you about your purpose. God reveals purpose for us. Now the first thing I want to mention, and I'll step away from my notes after I read Colossians chapter 2 and verse 17. These are shadows of the things which are to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. When we look at the Old Testament and you see that God gave His promise to Abraham and they're brought, really rescued is what they were, there's a great famine in the land, Joseph embraced the wealth of Egypt, but that king eventually died, but God used it to save His people in the midst of a tremendous famine. 
So now they're in Goshen, another king comes, and they begin to be enslaved. And there's really bondage, and they cry out. And a time frame comes for God's Word to come to pass. And he, and he raises up a deliverer, Moses. Moses is called by God of the burning bush. He gets directive to go and to be the deliverer. I've heard their cry, and I've come to deliver them. Really, Moses could have participated or not. God would have raised up somebody else if it wasn't going to be Moses. God was going to do it. Everybody's replaceable. Moses goes off, and you've seen the movie. Hopefully you've read it in Scripture. All the deities of Egypt are defeated by the ten plagues. Just destroys their whole idolatry system. The final plague is what? The death of the, the firstborn. And they were to take the blood of a lamb, one lamb per household, and put it on the doorpost and the lentils of the home. And when this plague would come, when the death angel would come, the death angel would pass over the home that had blood on the doorposts and the lentils. The blood of the lamb. And so that was the final blow and Egypt is now released. This is applicable for us because when John the Baptist stood there in the Jordan baptizing and Jesus came, He said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You see, God raised up His Deliverer, Jesus, the Messiah, to die on a cruel Roman cross that to as many as believed in Him, He gave them the right to become children of God. He, God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son. Right? And when you believe in Him, your sins are forgiven. When the blood of the Lamb is placed on the doorpost of your heart, it is then that death passes over you. And so he's the Passover lamb. And so we see the types and shadows in the Old Testament now applying to the New. So as we look at this, God has redeemed us. God has purchased us by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And it's a prophetic, this is a prophetic type when we read in, in the book of Exodus how he delivered them and how he did that. God has done that. There's another Pharaoh. His name is Satan. There's a devil. He, ro- he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, right? So there's another Pharaoh out there, far worse than the Pharaoh of old. And Jesus has broken us free from the curse of sin, took the keys of hell and death, rose again from the grave so that you can be free. He's the last Adam. He's the deliverer. He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He is our Lord, our King, our God, our Redeemer. He's a strong tower. He's a sun and shield. And He has broken us free from the chains of iniquity. He's broken us free from the chains of bondage. I'm going to preach myself happy in a second. He broke us free from bondage. He brought us out of Egypt. Can you say amen? Thank you, Pastor Vince. You encouraged me. Come on, somebody. And so we have to understand that this morning. And He didn't just deliver us so that we could be prospered. He didn't just deliver us and set us free so that we could have good jobs and and make money and build houses and have children. That's sort of the promised land part of it. No more than, than He did for His children of Israel to set them free so they could go have milk and honey. That is not why God broke them free. He set them free to bring them into the bond of covenant. 
He set them free so they could come to the mountain and worship. And I want to tell you that the promised land is a byproduct of being in relationship with Jesus. And when your life is right with God, when you're walking with Him, in relationship with Him, then promised land, the release of fruit and blessing and favor and healing is really just a byproduct of being His child. I've got beautiful children. There's no way I would withhold any blessing from them. Sometimes I withhold that which is not out of, is out of its time and out of its season. Listen, God loves you and He brought you to Himself so that you can live a blessed life. But more, there's more than that. There's a purpose for you still being here. There's a purpose you're breathing today. There's a purpose today for being alive. What is your purpose? If you don't know your purpose and you'll walk around aimless, without vision, my people perish, your word says. So he brings us into relationship with him. Look at B. His spirit who fills us and works through his word to direct us and help us in life. God wants you to have a relationship with him. That's why it's important to understand that you're not just here to fulfill a religious obligation this morning. And if you are, may I correct you. Fulfilling a religious obligation will never release the power of God in your life that you desperately need to see your family saved, delivered. To see the peace of God come on your home. But a relationship with Jesus will satisfy every human need. He brings them into relationship. We come to church to honor God, I think. It's good. We come to church to meet people. I think that can be good too. Fellowship is good. We come to church to refresh your relationship with God. To hear the word of the Lord. It's a revelation of relationship with Him that we begin to realize our purpose for our lives. The third thing that you'll notice here in the text that Moses told the people is we become His treasured possessions. Wow. I mean, that'll break depression off you in January in in Alaska when it's dark and cold. You're His treasured possession. Israel, as they obeyed, is His treasured possession. We, as we obey God, as we obey His Word, we're we're his treasured possession. Come on, God, God thinks you're great. Statistically, there's only two or three people that really like you. But God, God really is crazy about you. He loves you. He calls you his treasured possession. Come on, say it. I'm his treasured possession. You know, we don't always feel special in our families. In fact, we might have some family members that don't think we're so special. You might think some of your family members aren't so special. Either way, God thinks that you're special, your treasure, his treasured possession. Amazing. Nothing in all of creation does God think of like that. We're his treasured possession. And look at D, we're to be a kingdom of priests. What does that mean? Turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. What does it mean? So you were here. God speaks to Moses here in Exodus 19. And he tells them, Look what I've done. I've delivered you. I've brought you here to worship. 
And if you obey my commands, you're going to be a treasured possession. A kingdom of priests. We're a kingdom of priests. Say, I'm a kingdom of priests. That's who we are. Revelation 1.6, watch this now. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve God, his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. What does it mean to have the purpose of being a kingdom? What does that mean? You need to, you need to understand this message I preach to you today. This will help you, profoundly help you in your walk with God. God has a purpose. We have a purpose in the earth. To be His treasured possession as we obey. But secondly, a kingdom of priests. Well, what is it to be a kingdom? Everybody say dominion. dominion. What does it mean to have our purpose to be a kingdom? Dominion is the first thing I want to say. Dominion. If you look at Genesis one twenty eight, Adam and Eve, it meant to rule. And the same is with us. To rule, to move, to have influence in all that we do. In every aspect of life. You see, where the, where the king is, so is his kingdom. Does anybody have Jesus in your heart today? Alright, where the king is, so is his kingdom. That's why Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Kingdom of heaven is within you. Because if the king lives on the inside of you, how many of you know there's a greater, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? We are called to be a kingdom everywhere that we go. Dominion, to have rule. Kingdom authority, look at B. Peter and John at the hour of prayer go to pray and they see a man brought there daily by the gate called Beautiful. Crippled from birth. They say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they yank him by his hand and immediately his ankles are made strong and he begins to jump and leap and praise God. Silver and gold have I none. They didn't have any money for that man. And I'm going to tell you something. He didn't need any more loose change. He needed a miracle. And what Peter and John had, they released. They released authority. I want to tell you that God has for us to be a kingdom. A kingdom is dominion and kingdom authority. Come on, somebody say, I have authority. The third thing about being a kingdom is to reign with Christ. And you can turn to Revelation 20. I saw thrones, verse 4, Revelation 20. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge and and saw souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the Word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. I've said this before, but... The Lord has got you and I in what we call a 70, 80. Actually, I began to claim 120 years of life just about three weeks ago. I read it in Scripture and said, 120 healthy years. I'm just praying that. Why not? I had family members that say, I'm just going to have a heart attack and die when I'm 50 or 60 years old. Guess what happened? 50, 60, had a heart attack and died. That's right. Other family said, well, 
You know, when I'm in my 60s, I'm going to die. And they died when they're 60. Listen, you're the prophet over your own life. I'm just going to believe. Come on, out of the word. He creates the fruit of your lips. Amen. I'm going to believe that I'm going to live 120 with a healthy body. Jesus. Or the rapture or something. I'm just going to contend for a healthy long life. Full years. Full age. But this is still yet an internship, people. You're in trading. Woo! You know, we lived in Hawaii for 14 years before coming to Alaska, and I blessed the day we came up here. I'm more in love with Alaska now than I ever have been. God so called us here, and we just believe that He's going to bring the great revival, and we'll just get, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just we're so excited. I don't want to go to Hawaii. Honestly, I'm going to Hawaii next week. I really don't want to go. And I'm totally honest. I've been there. I've seen it. It's great. Love all my family and friends. Much rather stay here and just shandai. Much rather just stay here and continue to have revival and be a part of these meetings that are coming up next week. But I'm, I'm mandated. I'm mandated. Doctor said you're going. You need to come. They need to hear what's happening. You're going to be encouraged. I'm like, I am encouraged already. I mean, I, I have to go. So, amen. I know you're all praying for me as we suffer for Jesus on Maui next week. But the point is this. This is not it. This is not the big show. This is a test. And in Hawaii, as I was saying, on the first month, the first day of the month, every month, they have a tsunami warning system that goes off. And it's a test. Now, if you're visiting, you're there on the first day, you hear this thing go off, you're wondering what's going on because every island, throughout the islands, it just this echoes this loud alarm. And it's a test. Whatever challenge you're in right now, it's a test. You're being trained. Because there will come a day when it's all over. And God is training us to rule and reign with Him. There is, you will graduate from your internship here to serve with a glorified body. Some of you are looking at me like, what? Oh yeah! With a glorified body and you will rule and reign with Christ. And possibly even, you know, it says some are going to judge. There's a ministry that God has for you in the millennial reign. Whoa. You're like, I, I can't really register with that. I know, it's a, it's a reach. But live your life in understanding that what you're doing right now is a test. This is not the final deal. This is a, a place where you're, you're being tested or groomed to rule and to reign with God. And you've got to understand that. Keep things in perspective. So when somebody walks by your car and, and takes a house key and, and does an S all up and down the side of your new car, don't lose your mind. Alright, I'm gonna go encourage myself, whatever, I'm going back here. Praise God, Pastor! I'm gonna live with light of eternity! Woo! I'm not gonna be moved by temporal stuff! I'm gonna keep my eye on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith! Ah! It's a test! All right, I'm glad you guys are encouraged. Turn to the person in your right and say, I need a mocha. Go ahead, tell them. All right, praise the Lord. Shaka ho ho. I need a hot cocoa. Glory to God. I mean, that's a heavy thing. God's purpose for us is to be a kingdom and priest. Let me just say this as we before we move on to the priest aspect of it. God's purpose for you and I on this planet is to demonstrate His kingdom everywhere we 
go. When our, when our dear brother went into uh, Paxton, God blessed that place. And God blessed those people. And may God bring His power there. The truth is, He did. He brought somebody. Little old southern boy. Walk on up in that place and order his big hot steaming cup of hot cocoa in the midst of their whiskey and rye. Singing bye-bye, Miss American Pie, drove my sin. Okay, all right, all right. Flashback, I'm okay now. (laughs) Brought him and his nephew in to say the few little words that they said over their hot cocoa. To cause a a musician to begin to worship God, the lighthouse is one powerful southern gospel song. To bring the presence of God. God brought His kingdom to Paxton that day. And I'm going to tell you the thing, the thing that's scary, the thing that's scary is that blessing and cursing are both in the hand of God. And you can reject the Lord, and when you reject Him, then there comes some judgment. Or you can receive Him. And I'm going to tell you now, there was an opportunity for Paxson to receive God in some measure. None of you going to be so arrogant to say, that was their moment. I'm not saying that. And some people did. And some people didn't. When Jesus told them to go out two by two and to enter into a house and say, peace on this house, if your peace returns to you, then stay there. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. He says, but if they don't receive you, leave that town, shake the dust off your feet, and it would be worse for Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. There is blessing in the gospel. There's blessing in the kingdom when it's received, but there's also comes a moment of judgment. I rejected the Lord many times before I received Him. I thank God for His mercy. Somebody say, thank God for His mercy. We're called to demonstrate His authority. We are called to demonstrate His power. And so is Israel, by the way. We are called to demonstrate His glory in this world. That is part of your purpose in life. That's heavy. Come on, somebody say, that's heavy, dude. Kabod, it means weighty, heavy. It's one of the purposes, our purposes in the kingdom. The second thing is priest. Everybody say priest. What is it to be a priest? Well, to be a mediator. Some of you have had to get mediation, needed some help with your ex-wife maybe, <laughs> or your ex-husband or somebody you weren't getting along with and you needed some mediation. A priest is a mediator, a person who stands before God on behalf of people but also stands before people on behalf of God. We're called to be priests. We're called to be mediators. It's God's intention and purpose for all of us to be priests. For all of us to be mediators. Priests in our homes. Priests on the job. We're all called to be that. Every one of us. You have to go to seminary. You can just be ordained by God because you're His child. And you've believed on Him. We're called to be servants. The second aspect of being a priest is being a what? A servant. To offer spiritual sacrifices. Turn to 1 Peter 2. You also, like living stones, verse 5, are being built into a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 
Wow. You know when you lift your hands and you don't feel like it? Did you know you're offering a spiritual sacrifice? When you lift your voice and the last thing you want to do is sing, but you're going to do it anyway because he's worthy? If you could get a hold of the principle, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing here, taking a little rabbit trail, but if you could get a hold of the principle of worship, you will walk in a greater level of victory than you have ever walked in in your life. That when you face one of those ooh, tests, Lift your hands, lift your voice, and start to sing, 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 sing. Cause he's good, yes. <laughs> sing, 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 sing. Cause he's good, yeah. My wife's, my, my wife, my daughter's telling me to stop. So I'm going to sing, sing, sing. Yeah. Ah. Have a little talk with Jesus tonight when I get home. This world can be a struggle. Just living day to day, you'll run into the devil. Every step you take, I've seen his face a thousand times as he's trying to lead me wrong. Anyway, there you go. Praise God. Come on, somebody say sing. You need to learn to worship. It'll change everything for you. Well, praise the Lord. Turn to Hebrews 9. I will not do the hula. That I promise. Shaka Hadabai. Settle down on the front row. Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. Everybody say, we have access to God's presence. Say it again. We have access to God's presence. Hebrews 9. Watch this now. Verse 7, but only the high priest entered the inner room, or the holy place, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people who had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing that by this, that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. Let me pause just for a moment. God gave a plan to Moses. Build this tabernacle. That plan, that plan was brought into the temple, basically. And it, was, and it was this, that which you've seen on the mountain, build down with my people. And he built the tabernacle, and it was very specific. It's called the tabernacle of the wilderness. Later, it became the temple. And there was a prescribed way that they were to come before the Lord. And it was never without blood, for it says in the book of Leviticus, without the shedding of blood, there is no, pay attention now, it's going to help you, there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. So you say, God, can you just forgive me? He cannot just forgive you. There is a very real justice that had to take place for God to forgive us. You say, isn't he a forgiving God? He's a God who's a forgiving God, he's a merciful God, but he's also a God of justice. And he had to make a way for you and I. For our sins to be forgiven. So Moses 
And the, and the priests thereon for generations would go on the Day of Atonement and offer blood sprinkled over the mercy seat to atone for or to wipe out, if you will, their sin. But it wasn't a complete wiping out. It wasn't a complete atoning. It was a type and a shadow. Can you all see a shadow here? You see shadows from the sun? Glory to God. I probably should go get some. Oh. Woo! All right. So you can see my shadow, right? You can see shadows. The Old Testament is a shadow of the greater things to come, as we read in Colossians 2. So this tabernacle in the wilderness was a shadow of the greater things to come, and it's a picture of that which is in heaven. There is a heavenly tabernacle, a heavenly mercy seat. Back to Hebrews. Are you all with me? Verse 9 of Hebrews 9. This is an illustration for present time indicating that the gifts and the sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They were only a matter of food or drink, of various ceremonial washings, external religious, uh, relig- pardon me, regulations applying until the time of the new order. Verse 11. But when Christ came, as a high praise of the good things that are now already here. He went through the greater, more perfect tabernacle, that is, the one not made by human hands, that's to say, not a part of this creation. In other words, the one in heaven. Verse 12. He did not enter by the means of the blood of goats or calves, but entered the most holy place once and for all. That means... That's it. Nobody ever needs to do it again once and for all by His own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and of bulls and the ashes of the heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremony unclean sanctify them so that they are only outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ through the eternal Spirit offered Himself unblemished to God cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Turn to Hebrews 10. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is His body, and since we have a great high great priest over the house of God, pardon me, verse 22, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and for having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For He who promised is faithful. When Jesus died on the cross, watch this, I'll bring it home now. When Jesus died on the cross on that Friday, the whole earth went black and there was an earthquake, the Scriptures tell us. Stones split open. And it says that the temple curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place. The inner sanctum of God. The place where the mercy seat was. The, 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 the Ark of the Covenant. The Rod of Aaron. The Ten Commandments. The manna. That which they sprinkled the blood on. That curtain was ripped from the top to the bottom. It was as thick as a man's hand. What does that mean, Pastor? What are you saying? I'm telling you. That God has given you access and some of you hardly ever use it. What are you talking about? And does anybody have a bank card? Let me see one. 
Just whip it out. Thank you. Praise the Lord. All right, let's move on. (laughs) She takes this card. She can swipe it at Walmart. She can swipe it at Target. She can take it to her bank. She can tell them to access her funds in the bank. Is that correct? You have access. You have a passport. You have a card that's better than any bank card. It's better than any card you've got in your wallet. You have access before the throne. Why? Because on that day, when Jesus died on a cross, and, he, and, and three days later would rise again, that temple curtain as thick as a man's hand was ripped from the top to the bottom. The Holy Spirit never again dwelling inside a tabernacle made by hands. Never again to live inside the temple there. Signifying that He lives inside of your heart. He lives inside of my heart. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. That is the greatest revelation of the New Testament. That you are His house. I have preached myself happy. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You have access as a priest. Can you say Amen in the house of God? Can you say Amen online? Come on, give me an Amen. Amen. We're a kingdom. and We're priests. And we have provision. Everybody say we've got provision. A holy nation. Look at E, a holy nation. What does it mean to be a holy nation? It really means to share in God's nature. You can look at 2 Peter 1, verse 2. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Wow. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of Him that called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us the very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. God's purpose for you in the earth is to be a kingdom of priests, to be a holy nation, to literally share in the, in the divine nature of God, releasing that in the earth. That is the purpose that we're here for. The reason this building is here, the reason we call ourselves King's Cathedral and Chapels is because we believe the King is here and where the King is, so is His kingdom. And He's raising up priests that we might participate in His divine nature to cause our nation to turn to God that we would be a holy nation. Enough of the sloppy agape. Enough of just worshiping Jesus and doing smoking drugs. It's time for God. God is trying to pour into His people to raise up a holy nation. I'm saying yes. How about you? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. And I believe Israel is going to fulfill their purpose too. In time. We don't understand God's timing. But I will tell you it's perfect. It's being a public testimony. Look at, look at two. When's the last time you shared your testimony? Many of you just shared it last week. You were bringing people. You're leading people to Christ. I will tell you this. I, I, I heard this testimony about a sister who had not seen her son in, in years. They've not even talked. He called this week. They spoke. He called her mom. He hasn't done that in years. It's a miraculous thing. If I've heard that one time this week, I think, I think I heard three stories of God reconciling families that were totally decimated. I don't mean for six months. I mean for years. 
And last week there was a few others. And every week there seems to be more. I want to tell you that we are in a season, there's a new order where God is beginning to touch His people as never before. And they're waking up to their God-given, blood-bought purposes and beginning to rise as a kingdom of priests, becoming a holy nation that are going to change this valley, change this state. Do you have to get excited about it? Yes! I am excited about it. I am. I generally am. I know. Sometimes I feel like I'm yelling my whole service. It's going to change the whole town. Called to be a public testimony. Look at three. Satan has no hold on us. He only has a hold on you if you let him have one. Got to do things his way. Everybody say, I'm going to do things his way. I did it my, my way. I'm not going to sing that one. But you know the song. I'll stop on that one. Anna, awesome. I did it my way. What a stupid song. Yeah, do it your way and fail. Do it God's way and walk in blessing. Now, I don't feel like it. Well, you can go a couple times around the mountain if you want it. Stick your finger in a pencil sharpener again if you like. Ow! Yeah. Everybody say, I'm going to do it God's way. Psalmist said, there's a way that seems right to a man. It's Proverbs. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. God has a way. Last point for this morning. We must yield to God's purpose. In verse 8, it says, And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Everybody say that. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people, the words of the people to the Lord. They had a choice. You have a choice. The people get all excited and say yes. Yet the very next thing they do is they make a golden calf. Crazy. Crazy. The very next thing they do is they make a golden calf. What's so sad is that God's plan that they would all be priests. But because of their failure, only one tribe got to be priests. Because of that failure, God separated one tribe to be the priests, the Levites. Everybody else didn't get to be priests, only one. He wanted all of them to be priests. But now, today, every one of us can be a priest. To have access, to be a mediator, to talk to God, to talk to people. One of the greatest privileges you could ever have on the earth. What is your purpose? Why are you here? Ask yourself why you're here. Are you here just to make money? There are kings that God gives a tremendous ability to, 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 to make money and to release it for the purpose of the kingdom of God. I believe in that. But don't ever lose sight of that. He said, well, uh, my purpose is I want to be famous. Huh? You're going to have a heartache. He said, well, if I just had more money, everything would be okay. Look, look at the people in Hollywood. Tons of money, tons of fame, and they're, they're doing drugs. They're, they're, they're practically wife-swapping, and they're losing their minds. Money's not the answer. Fame is not the answer. God has a purpose for you and I. And His purpose 
is to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Do it. You will never regret it. The joy that comes in your marriage. Well, there's times of difficulty. I understand that. But God will hold you like an anchor in the storm. He will bring you through your trials and challenges. He'll heal your soul. He'll make you whole. He's calling you today. He's calling me today to be a kingdom of priests. Holy nation. Stand up on your feet. Come on. Lift your hands and talk to Jesus. Let me ask you today. Is the blood of Jesus on your heart? Is it on the doorposts of your heart? Have you received Him? Have you repented of your sin? He said, once when I was in camp, I did, but I'm not really living for Him now. Well, give your heart back to Him today. What are you waiting for? Don't wait another day. You might not have another one. I mean, God forbid. But all men, we're all going to die. That's common to every one of us here. Make every day count. If you're not right with God and you want to give your heart to Him for the first time all across this place, or maybe you you want to give your heart in recommitment, in other words, you've given your heart to Jesus, but you know you're not right right now. In the moment, if that's you, I want you to slip your hand up. Or maybe you've prayed the prayer and you're trying to live for God, but the devil comes and he lies to you and he says, you don't love Jesus because you were fasting and you ate that salad and you fit in any of those categories one you want to give your heart to the Lord for the first time or two you want to make a recommitment to him today to live for God with all your heart mind soul and strength or number three you want to just be assured of your salvation all across this place on the count of three those online those listening by podcast pull your car over if you need to go ahead we'll wait a second If that's you, you want to get right with God. First time, recommitment, or just be assured of your salvation all across this place. Those over the stream, on the count of three. One, lift your hand on the count of three. Two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you're serious about it, you know, we never want to embarrass you, but if you're serious about getting right with God, I want to invite you right now to come to the front. We're just going to pray. Come on. I'd have a theory. It's, it's hard to come before people that love God. It can be very hard to live for Him out there. Just come right now as we sing. Come on. I give you my heart. Come on. You're going to get right with God. Come. Come on. Whether you came or you're in the congregation or again online, 
Just pray right out loud. Those up front here, right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Just lift your hands as a sign of surrender to God right now. The word of the Lord comes to you, my precious sister. And it is this. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Your weeping will no longer endure, for I'm releasing my power. I'm releasing my grace. I'm releasing my love upon you and your family. And I'm going to turn the hearts. And I'm going to turn situations. I've opened up an effectual door for you. Reach your hands towards this precious couple. Come on, we love people here. God loves people. Lord, we thank you that this new door is opening. And though there's been heartache and misunderstanding, and there's been arrows that have flown and even pierced through your heart, the Lord says, I'm putting and giving even a new shield to you today. And I'm healing your heart, touching your life. And you'll find in the days, the weeks, and the months to come that that wound is no longer there and that, that the reconciliation and the restitution has taken place. And joy, like I said, which I really believe is the word of the Lord. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, joy comes in the morning.
give you praise for all that you're doing in our midst. I want to pray one more prayer because I feel the unction of heaven on. If you have family that you need to be restored to, I don't understand how this happens in seasons and why sometimes the heavens are brass and other times it's just like a straight shot, blank check before God. But I will tell you, we're in a season of tremendous answered prayer and we're going to continue to sow into it. Now I'm believing for some big things in my family. Does anybody have kids or a parent that you're not talking to or a sibling that you're estranged from? All right, where are you? Where are you? All right, hold your... Hold your hands up to the Lord. Let's just pray and agree right now. Father, in Jesus' name, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And today we put down every assignment and work of darkness. Lord, and we ask that you would heal the hearts that have been separated. I call in children that belong to us. I call in my own children. In the name of Jesus. I call in wayward kids for this congregation of people. I pray healing, Lord, for parents, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles and cousins, husbands and wives, even a supernatural reconciliation in marriage. Lord, you hate divorce. Release your power now. We as a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, call in the harvest. Come on, call in your family right out loud. Call them by name. I call in John. I call in Chris. I call in God. My family, Victoria, Juliet. I call them in. Michelle. And God, we thank you for this purpose that you've left us here. We give you praise. And glory. Come on, thank Him like you just got the biggest miracle of your life. Come on, thank Him right out loud. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah to the Lamb! Amen. Praise God. Come on, give a hallelujah shout on three. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Praise God. Take someone by the hand. So glad you turned out. Everybody, you can all stay where you're at. It's all good, right where you're at. If you're on the floor, you can stay there. Hallelujah. Don't miss tonight, 6 o'clock. Let's pray for each other. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for what you've done in these two services this morning. You're great and you're awesome. I pray, oh God, your blessing upon your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. And give them peace. One more thing. Sir, you've been crying out as a word for you. Very simple. You've been crying out. Don't stop. Don't stop crying out. Because it's right around the corner. It's around the corner. Don't you let up. Don't be discouraged. You you, you press in. You do everything you can do. And then God's going to do everything he does. And it's going to happen. I just see breakthrough for you. I see miracle for you. I see a release even of resources. There's some money that's been coming to you held up. I think it's, it's being released even, even in this next first couple months of this year. That which has been held up, there's going to be a decision that's going to be made. It's going to turn and it's going to come. Amen.
You received that? I believe it's a word from the Lord. Amen. Lord bless you. Come on, somebody say amen. Lord bless you. We'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock. God is good, isn't he? Praise God. We'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock, Tuesday night, 7.30. Bless you. Don't forget, next week, Prophet John Harkey be with us in all of our services. Hallelujah. God's up.